Welcome to Facts on Facts on Facts with Jasmine Von Goldie, the comedic chocolate marshmallow, and Elizabeth Madrigal. I'm gonna fucking ruin this shit. Gonna ruin it. Wait, what? Can't stop. My God. Facts on Facts on Facts is not brought to you by, but should be brought to you by Cheetos Puffs. Cheetos Puffs. Just as orange and as air filled as our president elect. Absolutely. They are enormous. Put them in my mouth, though. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. Welcome back to Facts on Facts on Facts. Three facts stacked on top of one another. Co-mingling. That's what we are. That's who we are. And that's what we're going to give you. <laughs> <laughs> Each and every time. <laughs> Which we have decided to uh, ump, ump, wow. <laughs> Solid start. I'm really happy that I've already ruined it 30 seconds in. Which we've decided to up the frequency in, in which we record. Yeah, so instead of every two years, right? we were thinking <laughs> like every other week. Like maybe that's not a recipe for success. Like every two years? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think like maybe if you're about to drop an album and you're Childish Gambino, you can do that. But we got to establish ourselves. Yeah, I think like cicadas have a shorter life (laughs) cycle (laughs) than our podcast does. Yeah, that's true. Wow. We, uh, but we're progressing. (laughs) We're getting there. We're going to have this beautiful butterfly of a bi-weekly schedule. Yes. So we're uh, upping the frequency, not umping it. To be every other week. Um, and it was very obvious what inspired us to really go whole ass instead of half ass. Into All this. ass. Yes. Two cheeks. <laughs> Two cheeks. One mic. <laughs> it's a throwback to the podcast we did four years ago. <laughs> oh, when we were just babies. We were. Now so- we're just mentally and emotionally babies right we have to pay bills right (laughs) that's how i feel yeah so what was our inspiration do would you say to ump our frequency honestly i think it was the i don't want to say it's just the election i think it's just all of the the (laughs) hoo-ha surrounding it like this this disregard of actual fact yeah is is disappointing (laughs) and it's scary and we kind of want to use the podcast in a way to counteract that. If we can, you got to yeah. listen to it. Hopefully somebody listens. Are we listening to it? We listen to it. I, I listen to it. Hopefully someone else is listening to it. I might be 98% of the downloads. I, me too. <laughs> I don't like hearing my, I don't want to sound, sound narcissistic, but we're really fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. I like that we've both had experiences where we uh, accidentally hit play when coworkers were around. Yeah. And immediately scrambled to um, <laughs> stop it. Yeah, that was, I'm not going to lie, that was really awkward having two coworkers <laughs> in the car. And I'm listening, not only listening to myself, but listening to myself talk about penises. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I hit play, it was my own voice screaming in my own headphones like, there's the dick. And <laughs> that tends to be a difficult conversation to have. Yeah, or to back out of. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was the basis of us com- <laughs> resurrecting ourselves, yeah. like Lazarus, and 
and uh recording a is that sacrilegious sorry yeah why not whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think we we were already you know planning on doing more episodes we actually recorded one uh a couple days before the election but there was uh you know what i think is great is that every episode i learn more and more ways in which i can fuck up (laughs) and how to avoid those in the future so you know our election episode was great in in our minds in our spirits but in reality it was just really <laughs> shitty like and it's, it's not just liz fucking up guys i thought i was recording for like 30 minutes <laughs> but instead we were just talking to ourselves essentially just not recording and i tried to frankenstein those two sections because we started recording again afterwards and i just couldn't bring either of those things to life in a healthy way so uh, I, I mean, had to bury it i think the argument down the argument could be made that, you know, even without the Frankensteining, we're mostly just talking to ourselves. That is true. Yeah. Hopefully that's not the future. Yeah. I think we're, you know, with, with two cheeks, one mic, <laughs> we're gonna. <laughs> the point is, we, we really, you know, I called Jasmine, uh, I think a couple weeks after the election and was just like, this is it. You know, we named it Facts on Facts on Facts, and I feel like facts as a concept are under fire, so we should really do it. Let's let's fucking do it. And she was down, thankfully. Yeah, it's like we were thinking the same thing. We were on the same wavelength. Like, as soon as she called me, I was like, of course, of (laughs) course. I was thinking this, but I just never thought I'd talk to her about it, because sometimes life gets in the way. You're just like, well, I'm working. I'm trying to be a badass in my career. I'm trying to be a good wife. I don't have time to like worry about people not wanting to deal with fact unless it's directly. But I feel like we already have this platform. We kind of have a responsibility to use it responsibly. Yeah. So here we are. Yeah. So, I mean, but 2016 was, I feel globally pretty shitty, but there was also some good shit that happened. Yeah. Yeah. The Cubs won World Series or whatever. I'm a Sox fan, so. Sorry, I'm south side till I die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they won. Whatever. You didn't put Chicago on the map. My like, Kanye didn't do it. Whatever the fuck it ups. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> for a glimmering moment, Chicago was more famous for the Cubs win than for everything else that people think of. Yeah. Mm, that's another topic. <laughs> Uh, I graduated in 2016. That was a good thing. Whoop, whoop. It's just an associates, but it's a, it's it's Let's good. <laughs> no, you know how many times has they say that to me over the last year? <laughs> I never want to see vitamin C's fucking stupid orange hair ever again <laughs> like who told her she was obligated to have orange <laughs> hair like that was, was that just she woke up and i was like i have to do it i'm vitamin c get or... it goes with my name yeah it's like you look like a cough drop i'm gonna need you to tone <laughs> it down a little bit this is, so bad. <laughs> this is my impression of that song <laughs> That's how the verses sound. Like creepy karaoke. It is. The verses are creepy karaoke. Chorus is memorable. Yeah. The chorus is basically. Yeah. So anyway, I'm over that song. But 
you know, I graduated and uh, I sort of did a backwards route into having a job where I signed up with a staffing agency and worked at several different places until one of them was perfect. So I treat my career like I'm dating. What? Well, which makes sense. You kind of want to do that. If you're yeah. not comfortable with something or you feel like they're making you do something you're not comfortable with, would you keep dating that person? You shouldn't. You really shouldn't. If you're 20, maybe you will stop it. Right. But, you know. Just, just value yourself. Right. <laughs> you have to value yourself not only in your you know, emotional relationships, but also in your career. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I was able to do it, and I'm very happy. I think everybody should be able to do this. It was kind of like a try-before-you-buy kind of thing. And I really appreciated that because, you know, you've known me for many moons. <laughs> know how many jobs <laughs> I have started. And a couple weeks or a couple months in, it's like, oh, these people are horrible. <laughs> because jobs are a lot like dating where, you know, when you do your interviews, everybody's presenting, you know, a fake version of themselves. Yeah, but it's also you worked for really shady places. I think yeah, when I you're in the creative aspect of, of, like, if you have a creative career, career, it's really hard to find a place that's yeah. genuinely going to pay you the way you're supposed to be paid right. and treat you the way you're supposed to be treated. Especially without a degree. Yes, especially without a degree. That was, I mean, I think that was a good chunk of it was they were able to take advantage. And so I worked for some truly terrible people. And, that, and I was a little worried, uh, you know, after I got the offer letter at this place, which I'm in love with and is the best and wonderful and everything, uh, I, they did a background check and I was a little nervous about that because it was like, oh, the last couple employers, if you Google them, it's like, and here they are on ripoff report and here's the lawsuits and here's all of this. So that wasn't very exciting. And if you want more details about what it's like to be in the tech industry, you should listen to our Women in Tech episode. Yeah, that we did. Wait, how long ago was that? It was, was like, like a year ago. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> that was like six months, five months? No. Nope. One year. Oh my God. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So let's, yeah. we should probably get into the actual podcasting right, right, right. part of this. <laughs> well, I want to know what was good shit that happened to you last year. Um, Before we get into all of the horrible shit. Let's let's at least, you know, open it up. Well, I got a job. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I already had a job. I got a promotion at my job. Which it made is me great. seem like I was like jobless. You know? <laughs> I'm constantly fucking working. I can't I have to stop myself from working. <laughs> um, I got a promotion, which was really cool. Um, my nephew and my niece were born. Aww. I'm like an auntie from scratch. It's really Aww. cool. <laughs> Auntie from scratch, like waffles, is the way you're supposed to do it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I moved waffles. into, I moved to Anaheim, which is, is Orange County is, was never like a goal for me. It was more like something to avoid actively. <laughs> <laughs> but here you are. Yeah, and I'm warming up to it. I, I really enjoy living out here. So It's nice. Yeah, well... <laughs> I enjoy the things that you can do out here. There's tons to do when you live in, depending on where you live in Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah. I love the city. So yeah, that was my 2016. That was good shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the other shit. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. But before that, let's do our uh, stories. Oh. We always want to open up with funny slash insane stories. And I was promised a good one. Okay, so am I, am I going to yeah, go start it out? Okay, so 
I have to go buy bras. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but I am a plus size woman. I'm not hey. dainty. So it makes it a little harder to find. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it a little harder to find like anything you want to put on your body. Yeah. Even lotion, you got to get like the jumbo size. Yeah. <laughs> but we're talking about clothing and bras right now. So I had to go buy like a few more bras, like some comfy bras. And I needed them to be just like super grandma comfy. And I was like, all right, I need cotton bras. But someone told me that Victoria's Secret stopped selling cotton bras in the store for some reason. So I'm like, whatever. They might have something I need. So I went in. I go in and they're doing their semi-annual sale, right? And I'm like, it's always the scariest time to go in. I know. Well, it was like, it was dead in there. And I was like, this is perfect. I don't have to fight a bitch for some bras. I'm all about it. That has never happened. I know. But Brea Mall, I don't know if people just don't like sales at Brea Mall because there were people in there, but they just weren't at the sale items. I think they were just like too bougie. Oh. For semi-annual. That's what I. That's what I. Damn. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck y'all." <laughs> that's who we're dealing with. I brought for ten ninety nine. Please and thank you. Yeah. So, I'm searching through these bins, and they have like a ton of them, and it's like thirty two C or thirty four D and stuff like that. And I'm like, "Ooh, itty bitties. Where are <laughs> the thirty eights? I need my thirty eights. Where my thirty eights at?" And then I didn't see any. I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" So. I talked to an associate. I was like, hey, like, I see you guys got, like, the smaller sizes. I really need, like, a, a 38 band. And they were like, oh, I don't know if we have 38s. If we do, they're going to be in this shady-ass corner <laughs> next to the thongs that are extra small. So what? just <laughs> just go over there with that one bin. So I go over there, and there's, I think there's, like, three bins that say 38. They have, like, 38C. 38D and 38 triple D and that's where it starts stops right so I'm like 38 triple D might be where I'm at at this point so I start looking through the bin and there's just a bunch of like 34 C's or 32 D's girl I searched through this bin and I found one goddamn bra that was a 38 double D I you know what I was so pissed I put all the tiny ass bras in one pile in front of it (laughs) and then I was saying it out loud like tiny ass bra tiny titties (laughs) tiny titties and i'm getting pissed at this point like you don't do that to fat people okay you don't have them search through skinny shit to get to the bottom and only find one goddamn bra like if that ain't a metaphor for life as a plus size girl ugh. in general man okay so i'm already pissed because they having me search like i'm fucking link <laughs> from legend of zelda right so there's another bin and it says 38 D. So I'm like, all right, let me check in there. Maybe there's some 38 triple D's or whatever. So I'm like, all right, here I go. 38 D. Nothing in that bin was a 38. It was all 32 or 34. So I had one bra that I could get. And I was like, you know, I'm going to fucking buy this bra. So I talked to, I talked to an associate. And I was like, do you guys just like, did you guys run out of 38s first? She's like, no, we don't typically keep them. I mean, we just don't really sell that size. It's a little large. Oh. I was like, bitch, look here. <laughs> Damn. Large. It's like, this is a bougie motherfucker. You don't know that I'm not from Brea, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so I look at her like, and I say, for real? Really? It's a large size? You're going to sit here and talk to me like that? She's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's just we don't do it. Like, go oh, give a fuck yourself. <laughs> so I went to the front. I bought my stupid bra. I'm going out, and I lock eyes with someone. She's, like, a little smaller than me. 
and she's pissed too like she's looking through all these bins she can't find anything and i don't want to talk to you about the underwear either because they're extra large is a joke right it's a fucking joke like you have to be like a size six yeah to wear their extra large i was like get the fuck out of here and then i started getting upset because i felt like i couldn't get angry at them because i didn't want to be the angry black woman in victoria's secret right. with a bunch of like white and asian people like they'd be like oh here we go again right those people of color getting angry you know how they're prone to violence so like i felt like i couldn't get angry at something that was a disservice to me and i couldn't get angry at someone that was being openly openly um <laughs> insulting yeah to me. And I, it felt so, I felt so powerless at that moment, not just because I felt like I couldn't get angry, but also because I didn't have any options. The only option I had at that, at that mall was to go to Torrid. You know what? They don't have comfortable bras. They sell bigger bras that, are, that look sexy that don't, that don't last, and they charge you $60. Yeah. So I go get ripped off by another bullshit company, Torrid and Victoria's Secret. Honestly, they're kind of the same to me. Like, they, they charge you up the ass for stuff that you should just get, be able to get. Right. You know? So, but that was my only option. I can't go to Forever 21 because they don't sell plus-size bras either. So, it was, I was completely livid and devastated and just, like, there was nothing I could do. There was nothing I could do. So, I went to Walmart. <laughs> Dude, I will always talk about, I mean, I transitioned out of wearing, like, real bras I just wear sports bras. There's like zero, they do zero help to me. They only just cover my nipples and make sure that they're not like saying hi to everybody all the time. But I love it. And, and it's like such a more, it's a much more comfortable life. My back hurts a lot less. And, it's, and I just get like the cheapest things I can find. And it works fine. And it changes the way you, you buy your bras yeah. too. Like I thought you were crazy the first time you were talking to me about it. Now I'm like, no, that's the way I'm going to have to go because there's no point in going and trying to buy a quality bra and half the time it's not really that great of a quality right and they know you're in a niche they know they can charge you crazy because you have giant tits you can't go to victoria's secret you got to go to torrid and spend fucking 70 dollars or 80 dollars on a bra that's gonna last for like three months and you'll be done like if i'm gonna have a bra that's gonna last for three months i'm gonna pay like ten dollars yeah you know (laughs) and that's what i did and I, that's what I do, and it's been great. Yeah. So also Liz I'm was cheap. on. Hmm? Also, I'm cheap. Well, I, I'm typically cheap unless it's like my essentials, like pant, like jeans, my bra, and my underwear. Like I usually go, I usually spend more on that because I want it to last. But the quality of plus size clothes is iffy. shitty in general. Yeah, yeah. You could pay more, and it'll still last about the same time as yep. uh, same time as you going to like Ross and just picking up some jeans for fifteen dollars right that's why i just do the fifteen dollar jeans yeah that was my story completely uplifting i love i hope you guys laughed um i hope i spoke to your life in a positive way and not just (laughs) ranted about some bullshit but it was the bullshit it was it was i was literally i was definitely pissed I've never I haven't I can't say I've never been that mad girl I was madder than that last week but (laughs) I I I haven't been I haven't felt that helpless and that muted and forever and it was like oh I can't do anything I just can't do shit I mean it is genuinely frustrating and it's you know there's I mean this this could be a whole other episode of just talking about bullshit that you know fat people have to deal with in their lives uh (laughs) because what I realized, like, I just as a very quick aside, 
I went to the doctor a lot recently and, you know, I've been telling the story a lot. Well, I think it's absolutely true. I could walk in with a knife sticking out of my face and a doctor would still be like, well, the real problem is you're fat and you need to lose weight. Yep. <laughs> and a lot of my thin friends don't fucking get it. They're like, really? Like, they'll say things to you like that? Like, yeah, they don't give a shit. Yeah. Oh, you're tired? It's because you're it's fat. It's because you're fat. This one was, oh, your back hurts? It's because you're fat. When in reality, it was because I had ovarian cysts that were rupturing. But sure, it's because I'm fat. <laughs> okay, we have to talk about that later, too. That'll be another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my quick and hopefully funny-ish story um so jose and i were watching gilmore girls That's so cute and we just got to the last episode of the original series today and you know my adorable ass little lane baby my adorable ass little rory baby were like sitting on the porch and lane was like oh it just seems like it was yesterday that we were playing jacks on the porch and jose starts laughing he's like jacks who plays jacks i was like i played jacks <laughs> he's like really did you also play with balls and sticks? Did you play stickball? I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> He's like, what? Well, you, those are like staples for childhood. Yeah. How did he make fun of those? I know. He's like, he's like, what? And, and he's like, well, what about, you know, the, the hoop and you push the hoop? I'm like, yeah, my grandma had one of those. I used to play with that all the time. And he is on the ground laughing. What did he play? He, he's like, he's like, did you grow up in the depression? Is this what you're telling me? Um. <laughs> what you mean poverty right yeah i was like uh no but i did grow up in the struggle (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm gonna play fake baseball with whatever i have around me i'm gonna you know but and so he like finds all these pictures of old like children playing with the with with the wagon hoop and push it along and he's like is this you is this you so I thoroughly entertained him this morning, and really, this is just the story about how my husband's an asshole sometimes. <laughs> this is fact. You'll hear a lot of these stories. A lot. And here's what I was said. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a sweet asshole. <laughs> I don't know how that. That's who he is. Okay, I don't know what else to an describe. An asshole him. with glitter. An asshole with glitter. There we go. Beautiful. That's also There's me. Literally a bright side. <laughs> that note no (laughs) the cute part of the story as well is that i um i had called my dad because there was a chance that i was gonna go drive down and see my parents and they're sick so i couldn't uh but i was asking i was like hey dad can you verify this memory that i have of me like rolling you know with with the hoop and the stick thing and he's like well i don't specifically remember it but it wouldn't surprise me you know i'm sure that your grandma had that and i'm telling him this whole thing and jose's laughing and my dad is like I'm I'm sorry. I didn't give you enough things when you were a kid. Aww. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, no, that's not the point. I was like, I am much happier with my childhood the way it was than, you know, I hear other stories of people that are just like, even even simple things of like, oh, only a couple people had iPods at your school. What? <laughs> what, really? Yeah. Damn. And I'm like, yeah. Of course only a couple people had iPods. Yeah. Those are people with jobs. The people with jobs who were still going to high school had iPods. Everybody else did not. And we would hound them and try and be besties with them so we could share their... their yeah. yeah. You grow up in the struggle. The only time you get something is you if you have, quote unquote, extra cash. That extra cash yeah. is you working at McDonald's after school. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, so, you know, people just be like, oh, really? Like, everybody had one. I'm like, oh, must be nice. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> Even just a bullshit like that. But honestly, I'm much happier with my childhood the way that it was. It, it gives perspective. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm really happy that I, not to say that I, I'm happy I have less. I'm happy that I learned to work for what exactly. I have. Exactly. I feel like I learned really great ethics and morals the way that I did. And I'm not saying that that's not possible if you grow up super privileged, but I think it's more difficult to like understand the value of money and how many hours it takes to get this amount of money. Like yeah. what the work that goes into it. And there's a value of people in time too. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> the less money you have, the more you have to value what you have. And sometimes if you're not working and you're, and you can't get a job. You have a lot of time. You're spending a lot of time with your family. You're trying to enjoy yeah. the people you have and the people around you. You have to interact with your neighbors because you're borrowing sugar or milk or something because yeah. you don't have something. It's, it's a, I, I'm, I, I don't love the way I grew up, but I'm so happy that I was able to learn to interact with the people around me and learn to, to work for what I have and learn to appreciate success. Same. Yeah. Well... <laughs> <laughs> on that note i guess we should eventually transition into what we wanted to talk about in this episode yeah <laughs> it's just just basically uh our reactions to the election um and what we're gonna do about it this year right so i don't know do you want to start talking about where we were pre-election we kind of recorded it and didn't yeah. release it <laughs> so let's just kind of like each give our take on how we felt or how we were feeling pre-election. Okay. Okay. You want to you wanna start it off? I guess I, I guess I can do that. I started off the stories. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, pre-election, um, I was one of those people who absolutely did not believe it was physically possible for Donald Trump to win the presidency. I, you know, I, I was really... Um, I was blindsided by it, honestly. And looking back, I'm just like, oh, what a dumb little bitch I was. But, <laughs> but you know, I was, I was in that same boat with a lot of people. I was feeling really concerned with um, some of the patterns that I was seeing emerging. I think most um, applicable to our podcast was the amount of people that were okay with saying things like, oh, well, we have our own facts. <laughs> You know, each side has their own facts or things like that, and and very much treating it like facts were a were a partisan thing, instead of, you know, that's a set reality and it's our job to respond to that, not like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm and I'm also trying to give you your space to to talk about how you're feeling. I'm trying not to interrupt (laughs) because this is good shit, and I, I I really want it to be. I want you to tap into that and, and how you were feeling at that time. I want to give you the space to do that Thank because you. I, Thank I you think <laughs> I think the listeners, aka me, will really appreciate it <laughs> when they listen to it later. Well, I mean, my my emotional state beforehand was, um, I guess, I guess worried because I felt like, and what I'd said for months was, Donald Trump is scary, but what's scarier, his hardcore supporters, and you know, in particular, people that are just flat out white supremacists you know, flat out neo-Nazis, flat out fucking KKK members. Uh, Like that scared me. I saw like a resurgence of people not being as afraid 
you know, because that presence has always existed to a certain extent. But the fact that people were more like, hey, I don't even care that people know, like, this is where I'm at. That was very scary to me. Uh, and then, but I still was like, oh, it'll, you know, that's just something we'll have to deal with when Hillary's president. Anyway, <laughs> I really did not, I could not accept that that was a possibility. And then I was, you know, very surprised. I was very upset. I, um, the, the morning of the, the morning after the election when the results were real, I remember uh, I woke up and I had a therapy session that day, so I got to uh, work from home and I was thinking like, I don't know how I'm going to function in the hours between now and my session. How am I going to possibly be okay? Like, how am I going to focus enough to get work done? Because, you know, I still got to get work done. And so I may have smoked a little pot. (laughs) Which I'm completely (laughs) jealous of. I really, really wish I would have just done that. Instead, I went to work. I didn't even... (laughs) You know, like like people should. Like people should. No, you should take time to like (laughs) grieve, you know? It's not just like, it's not just because someone lost. It's like a a death of, of, uh, of tolerance. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Well, no, (laughs) it's okay. Um... It was so I smoked a little pot because I had a medical card a couple years ago and I still have a shit ton left over that, you know, I don't smoke very often. I really was only using it medicinally. And I will argue that that morning I truly was using it medicinally. I didn't want to have anxiety issues. I didn't want to have any big thing. I knew I just needed to calm and focus. So I smoked out. And then uh, when I went to my session, I had a really great session with my therapist. Uh, she was also really upset. What I loved was when she walked out to the room to get me, she was wearing all black. And I was like, eh, that's very appropriate. She's like, could I do anything different? And when we got back there, she's like, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to be a very good therapist today because I'm really fucked up. I'm like, I'm really fucked up too. Let's just talk about it. So it was a really great like human moment with my healthcare professional <laughs> where we talked very openly about where we were at. Um, and I was like, am I ridiculous for feeling like this is a grief thing? And she goes, no, I mean, that's what it is. And we have to name it that we're all collectively going through these stages of grief. And, uh, one of the best things that she said, which I wanted to share on the podcast, she said that in general, she doesn't agree with how the last stage is called acceptance. And that in particular with this kind of scenario, that it it definitely doesn't work. She's like, we don't have to accept some things, but instead of that, we should call it endurance. It's like, because it's just something that is always going to be with us. That's really good advice. Yeah. It's, it's crazy fucking good. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of where I was right before <laughs> and right afterwards. And um, by the time I saw her the next time, we had, she had brought up like, okay, well, by our next session, I think both of us should be in a place where we can name what the next step is for us and like where we want to go. And so when I came back, I was able to say, Hey, we're going to like really focus on the podcast and we're working on being like stronger activists. So it was, it's great. And, um, I feel like I got past the depression and the shock (laughs) and I'm still squarely in the angry section. Yeah. I think a lot of people are there where they're just, it's, it's angry and it's, it's almost like, um, motivation or a catalyst it's it's kind of propelling us into activism and and propelling us to kind of fight this 
it seems a, like a battle that we won't win. Sometimes when you're trying to discuss this, discuss the election with someone, it's like, well, you're just wrong because I feel you are. There's yeah. no way to argue fact or fiction. Yeah. So it makes it a little difficult. But I think that the people that I've been talking to and my friends, I, I think I see a different kind of motivation. It's really inspiring. A little scary the fact that scary because we have to but yeah I mean that's the thing and that's something um that has been brought up a lot that I think is really accurate that it's not just people being annoyed because this was a political loss it truly feels like a loss of safety yeah and absolutely. I do think that it will play out that way as well I think we've already seen a loss of safety which I will talk about later (laughs) (laughs) but I I think that's how it's going to play out it's absolutely like that's what I think is there's going to be a lot of people that are in more danger in a myriad of ways and that's something that we just need to talk about yeah and what about you so where I was pre-election well I think it was I was scared you know because I felt like he's gotten this far if the people that are supporting him are that angry I've seen I've seen angry children get their way. This kind of <laughs> throwing a tantrum. But well, it looks like we saw it nationally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we gave them their their iPod back, <laughs> <laughs> and that's Donald Trump. But I, I but honestly, I thought that I thought that Hillary would push through. I thought most of the country wouldn't be so selfish to think that hey, I want my way and I want it now. I want to be the biggest, I want to be the best, and I want to be the loudest. Yeah. Everyone else be damned. I was, yeah. I was hoping and praying for that, and I was wrong. And I was, I was devastated during the election, but mostly afraid for my family because I'm a person of color. My family, they're people of color. This isn't like, oh, well, that's a bummer. Obamacare is going to go away. I was scared because... Trump supporters. And again, so this is alluding to what you said earlier. It's not the policies, not just the policies. I'm sorry. Right. I, let me correct that. It's not just the policies that Trump can, can bring to bring into the fold. It's about his supporters. And they became yeah. more emblazoned after he was elected. And let me tell you, if you're following me on fucking Facebook and you're annoyed by all the, the, tr- the shit that I'm sharing, you can fucking unfriend me now. Yeah. Because I will never stop letting you know exactly how his supporters are abusing, uh, abusing other people, people of color, people who le- make less money than them. They use Trump being elected as a quote unquote Trump card. Yeah. I want my coffee. Trump was elected. You're less than me. Trump, Trump was elected. And if you feel like that offends you personally, I want you to look in the mirror and do some little fucking introspection and then follow that by unfriending me yes. because I have no time for your bullshit. Family, friend, whatever. I don't. Sorry. So if I wasn't to- holding a microphone, I would clap. <laughs> and if this was my microphone, I would drop it, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already dropped it on the floor. So feel free. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I had to get that out of the way because I mean, that's where I am post-election during the election. There was just fear. There yeah. was there was a real and, and present fear, not just for me as a person of color, but for my family. And my family lives in a place where it's predominantly white and they're predominantly conservative. Now, these I'm not saying that, oh, they voted for Trump and they're obviously racist. I'm saying that they're going to see themselves as way more important than maybe my nephew or my brother. Right. And that that's scary as fuck. And now I'm just pissed. I'm pissed and I'm. 
I'm motivated more than I've ever been. And I've, I've always kind of like tiptoed this line of whether or not I should be an activist. And now I know for fucking sure that I need to be. Not because I feel like it's the right thing to do, but because I feel like I don't have a fucking choice yeah. anymore. It's yeah. not, oh, well, somebody else is going to take care of it. This is me on the line. This is my family on the line. These yeah. are my friends. I remember talking to you after the, the election about not even, not even just about people of color. Like I was more concerned for my gay and trans and lesbian friends. Like yeah. I was like, yeah. they just won. They just got over a huge hump. And they have this asshole that wants to take all of that away. All the, all the marriages, all the families that were able to come together, all the benefits, that happiness, that joy. He wants to quell that. He wants to take that away. And I know how that feels. And it was just devastating. Now, to be fair, a lot of people will bring up Donald Trump himself is not in particular anti-LGBT. But his vice president. Yes. And most of his cabinet are definitely anti-LGBT. And talking to family members that could have, they, they, they will never tell me to my face whether or not they voted for him. But the people that who have, who, who could have potentially voted for him or whatever, I, I don't know why they won't tell me. Well, yeah, I do. I, I just <laughs> dropped F-bombs and was really aggressive five seconds ago. But that anyway, might that might be like, mm, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but they're more for Pence than they are for Trump. They're hoping that Trump Ugh. gets impeached so their Jesus-loving, anti-LGBT Pence can actually run the country. Because that's what they want the mm. most. So they can see past the shit, the literal pile of shit, <laughs> the orange-tinted shit. Ugh. Try to get that out of the office so someone who, is, who feels like a type of person should be... It was it electro electrocuted out of it? Like is that it was oh no no no, it's like pray the gay away, those camps. He's yeah, all about yeah. those. There we go. He's all about conversion therapy. Which like who you are as a person yeah. is wrong. Which may or may not include electroshock therapy. I really I hope not. I hope not. And and all of this, like I I don't know if you guys knew. By you guys I mean I'm talking to myself again, you know. Yay. Listeners. Did I know? <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew, but I still believed in God. I still prayed. I still I wasn't I didn't necessarily call myself a Christian because for some reason that's associated with biggest big you know I'm not going to say for some reason it's for for solid fucking reasons it's for associated certain, for certain reasons Yeah it's associated with bigotry and intolerance and I feel that more now and I just I was like if this what it is if this if I if loving God means that I have to hate someone or feel like they're less than a person or feel like they can't be themselves then I don't want to I don't want to do that anymore I'm it's I'm having this point of, of, of self-evaluation, uh, trying to evaluate what I believe in and why. Why did I start believing that? And what benefit does it have now? Faith is incredible. It's an incredible resource, and it's an incredible kind of uh, anchor in any storm that I've had. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel that I can use it in the same way because I feel like if I go to church or if I go to a pastor, and I tell them what I'm going through. I feel like they take advantage and say, well, well, let go and let God. Don't be an activist. Just pray it. Pray it away. Well, gays really can't make it into heaven. So what are you going to do? You know, things like that. Yeah. I don't want to be in a position where I have to, like, punch a pastor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this could be a whole other, a whole other episode um, because I have a whole lot of 
great, important information about why the Bible isn't even anti-LGBT. Because uh, I took a whole course on it in college, and it was really great. And P.S. anybody who is a Christian and is either LGBT themselves or LGBT friendly, I would absolutely recommend going to one of the metropolitan community churches, the MCC churches, a.k.a. the gay churches. Um, best services I've ever been to back when I was a Christian. <laughs> and, you know, I am an atheist, and I've said that many times on <laughs> the podcast before. I'll say it again right now. It's like, uh, but, you know, as it's funny that we're kind of going in the opposite direction on this, but I completely understand why for some people, like, it's it's more important that I right now not try to take faith away from people. I mean, I never, I don't, I don't think that I do anymore. I know that in the past I was more like, I'm going to do a gotcha thing. <laughs> I'm like, try and show people where the, where they maybe don't have enough evidence to support their beliefs. It's like, but right now, I think there's so many people that are just afraid. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I, you know, if faith gives somebody that sense of comfort, especially right now when everybody's so vulnerable, like, yeah, dude use it (laughs) yeah absolutely i think the only reason i can't use it in that way is because i was so um i was so uncertain of where my faith was in the beginning and that this just shook everything up i kind of have to find it again and find that take my compass out and find where my true north is yeah um which is important for everybody it is but i'm finding being active and standing up for the people i care about gives me more of not just a sense of accomplishment because that's not why I'm doing it. It, it. it makes me feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is where I belong. Yeah. You know, and it gives me more focus, more focus than I, than I can say faith gave me. And again, not to say that no one should have faith. I'm not saying that. Right. Because clearly I'm still trying to find my way back to it. But uh, this in the meantime, fighting for you in the meantime is, is really setting me on a, on a great course. I will say uh, it's a little bit like my whole process of dealing with mental health issues as a Christian versus as an atheist and how much more empowering it has been to go about uh, dealing with my brain chemistry, understanding that that's what it is versus feeling like this is because of my moral failures. Right. (laughs) And that's not to say that all christians are like this but a lot of it is well you're just going through a really hard time you can pray it away if you just pray more or it's like you know what really got me was maybe you're going through this for a reason and the reason isn't like because god wants to test you it's like it's because you're having sex out of wedlock (laughs) you know it's because you're living in sin and so of course you're going to be suicidal like that's that was very damaging they made it seem like i'm saying they because this happened to me also they're making right. they make it seem like this is a flaw that you have yeah. and it's your fault and only god can fix it but right. it's only if you cut out all of that other shit that you're doing wrong kind of like when you go to the doctor <laughs> and you're like i might have an ovarian cyst and you're like no it's really like it's because, because you're fat, fat. yeah <laughs> exactly. it minimizes the actual issue <laughs> exactly and so like I, I i see that you know in in my process of dealing with things um, like in a secular way and sort of like what you're going through now I definitely had that feeling of I'm much more empowered when I'm being more proactive when I'm thinking like oh no I do have certain control over things and I need to reclaim that control and I need to take actions in accordance with that 
which I think is what, you know, as a nation, a lot of people are going through right now is, you know, losing to Donald Trump. (laughs) Again, it didn't it didn't feel like a political loss. It truly felt like a loss of safety. Yeah. And it was an ideological loss. And the ideology is like, I think I deserve to live. No, (laughs) no, you don't. (laughs) And so with that in mind, I think everybody felt like they had a huge target on their back. Everybody was feeling very vulnerable. And so and and it's not out of nowhere, because even afterwards, we saw more attacks on people of color. And mostly, mostly, most of what I saw were towards people who would be, quote unquote, Muslim wearing a hijab. Like, yeah, people of color got, you know, accosted, but like actual physical attacks. I saw it was it was more towards people who were visually Muslim. Exactly. You know. And so, yeah, they felt like there was a target on their back because because there was there was (laughs) it's not imaginary. There was. And this is why, like, for the people that have the ability to getting more into activism, it is not only the right thing to do, but it, it does feel better. It is reclaiming a sense of control and it's, you know, becoming a protector of your friends, of your family, of yourself. And, you know, as long as we're still talking about LGBT issues, like I only very, very recently was able to say to myself, (laughs) much less out loud, oh, I'm not straight. Like, oh, I am bisexual. And, you know, the first thing that took away my sense of safety immediately afterwards was the shooting in Orlando and then losing the election as well. It was like, oh, God, it's a good thing I'm married to a dude. So nobody has to know. Like, that was what I was thinking. Imagine being, imagine that happening and being trans. Imagine that happening. And just, like, I was, we both love RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) But the first thing I thought was, like, their careers, they get paid to be themselves. And they are just enjoying themselves. And there are people who think that that what they're doing and who they are is is wrong. Right. You know, and I, I feared for them. It's like, what are they thinking? I can't, I can't have, I can't be myself anymore. Like, what do I do? Go back in the closet? Yeah. And what if you're a person of color and you're in drag? You know? Dude, I mean, I've talked about it before, but the average life expectancy, if you're a transgender person of color, is like 35. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you told me. I didn't, and I had to look it up because I was like, it can't, I really hope that's not true. I really hope it's not true. And I was completely heartbroken. Yeah. It's just, it's just shattered because, and this is, I think you told me, did you, I don't know, it was probably before we started recording on the election podcast because I know I looked it up after that and I definitely looked it up after um, Hillary lost the election and I was just like, this is so fucking scary. Like, this is just going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to go up from here. And especially because most of my transgender friends or, you know, anybody on the gender non-binary spectrum I think almost all of them are people of color. And so I care very deeply about that. You know, this is family. This is friends. Yeah. And so, I mean, (laughs) I think so. uh, Spoiler alert, podcast listeners, a.k.a. Jasmine and myself. (laughs) um, You know, we we had decided to prepare some notes uh, going into this episode about what were frustrating things that we heard after the election that we could fact check very quickly, like things that we kept hearing people say that were very obviously wrong. (laughs) And so I'm going to be able to get into that. (laughs) I won't get as much into it because I'm just going to be honest, guys. I did not do research. I had 
what I wanted to talk about. I didn't do any real research. So it's going to be mostly Liz talking. I will (laughs) talk about how I feel about a subject and then like leave that. Like I'll talk about how I feel about it for like maybe three minutes and then be like, research on your own. (laughs) Independent study. (laughs) I believe in you. (laughs) And and next podcast, I'll come back with facts because it says facts on facts on facts. It's not feelings on facts on feelings. So... (laughs) I'll get my shit together, all right, guys? Sorry. It's okay. okay. Do you want me to go into the things that I researched? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Hello, everybody. It's time for my class on this bullshit. Uh, So (laughs) what did I name? I named the note in my phone uh, ways in which conservatives in general and the Republican Party in particular freaked the fuck out after Obama was elected. Because I don't know about you, But I saw a lot of people trying to make the argument, you know, because right after the election, there were obviously a lot of protests. There's a lot of people um, just in general sharing, you know, their discontent with the results. And people were very quick to to, uh, characterize this as, "Mm, the liberals are throwing a fit. Those special snowflakes can't handle it. Yeah. They want their safe space because they're dumb liberal babies, blah, 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 et cetera. And so this argument was made, like, not just on our Facebook feeds, although I did see this multiple times and have to get in multiple discussions about this. Oh, yeah. I say have to. On a daily, I refuse to let it pass now. It's like, oh, you think you're safe? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) And you think you're safe. (laughs) Like, multiple, like, so not just on the individual basis was this argument being made. It was being made by you know, people on news channels and, of course, by President-elect Donald Trump himself. So I don't think I need to tell anybody that this was an, a very often argued point of when we lost to Obama, we didn't get mad. We were so peaceful. We didn't do any kind of protesting. We just accepted it and said, we'll do better next time like you guys should be doing now. I saw that shit way too many times. And it would fucking blow my mind, because I'd be like, in living memory, it's not like we're talking about... In 1956. Right! It's going to go like, it's not like we're talking about like after Lincoln lost the election, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. Although, P.S., that was also an election that made people lose their shit. Yeah. Hence Civil War. But <laughs> so it's not like there's no precedent for this. Uh, but also, uh, you know, people did freak the fuck out after Obama won. You know, people were upset after Bush won, but it, it wasn't to the same level. And it escalated. When he won in 2008, yeah, people were angry and there were not protests, but like, you know. No, there were. Like, okay, (laughs) not yeah, yeah, there were, there were. I don't think it was on this grand scale. You know, I can't, I can't, I don't remember. I can't talk about it. You have the research. I have the research. I'm gonna let you speak. (laughs) But when I was when I was doing my light research on it, it was like, they went fucking nuts in 2012. I think when they when uh, Mitt Romney lost to him, that's when they were like, Hope has lost. And, of course, Donald Trump echoed that, too. Yeah. But, okay, I'll let you. Well, okay, so the first thing is that there were protests. And to be fair, it wasn't at the same level as the ones that we've seen that are anti-Trump. The ones that are anti-Trump have been very organized. um, And I think it helps that there are, you know, in 2016, there's much more visible protesting groups 
um, in particular Black Lives Matter. And so it was easier, like there was already a base of people that were down to protest. Uh, and so that has become much more like there was that. And then, of course, the um, come on, brain, if you could come up with this real quick. <laughs> what did what, what, what were the name of those people who were out in uh, the 99 percent? Occupy Wall Street. Yes, thank you. <laughs> OWS. So there was OWS. It's Black Lives Matter. There's a huge like since since Obama has been elected. We've seen uh, progressive groups have, you know, have more clout and they've been a lot more vocal. So obviously there is going to be it was it was it's more likely that there's going to be more anti-Trump stuff because we already had huge progressive uh, protesting groups that now existed. So back in 2008 and then in 2012, not so much. Uh, so what we saw was there was a lot of protests, but they were like smaller groups of people. So it would be more like maybe 20 group, like 20 people every once in a while. But it did start happening almost immediately. And they did some pretty fucked up things <laughs> at the protest. Um, yeah, to put it mildly. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the photos, but a lot of the times people were burning effigies of Obama. Yep, and uh, the signs that they were holding would say pretty racist bullshit. And there were some people that had effigies of Obama, like in a noose. So things that had very obviously racialized overtones. Um, so <laughs> that's like one thing that just immediately started happening. Uh, and then, so that's like on a citizen level, but also you know people have been arguing not just against individuals protesting, but they've been saying, oh, like the Democrats that are elected, now they're going to be okay with obstructionism. Of course, now they're going to be okay with it. I'm like, well, you know, this is a topic for another time, but, you know, we sort of talked on the phone a little bit about how, you know, I don't think that either side should look at certain tools as like, this should never, ever be used. <laughs> you know, yeah. so we all do tease Ted Cruz about how he used uh <laughs> i'm sorry i'm dying <laughs> it's okay rest in peace <laughs> r.i.p Liz. this is the last recording we all yeah <laughs> i told you i'd do it to my deathbed <laughs> you know we all tease dead crews about reading fucking hop on pop to you know stay votes and it's like but i'm sorry that was fucking hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> know everybody needs to mr smith goes to washington every once in a while is the point like you yeah know, there's certain tools that we have set up that are used when parties are not in power it's like so i think that it was a misstep for certain democrats and liberals progressives to um to speak out against those kinds of things in general it's like but uh but they did take obstructionism to like whole new fun levels <laughs> So one thing uh, that has been talked about a lot, oh, I forgot, I wrote down, but there's been several books that have been written about how immediately after Obama was elected the first time, uh, there was a group of Republicans that had their meeting that same night to talk about how they were going to use obstructionism, how they were going to construct it to make sure they won the 2012, and Newt Gingrich was later saying his famous quote about the most important thing we can do right now is make sure that Obama is a one term president so yeah. from that very first night 
And to be fair, it wasn't like the highest up people, so it wasn't like Boehner. And uh, oh, what was the name of the person who was blah, blah, blah. It wasn't Boehner and it wasn't McConnell. So neither of them were involved in this. But it was 12 people that were still higher up. So, you know, names that you see now today is like having more prominence. Um, the other thing that I want to bring up about that whole bullshit is because I had, I had like several points written out uh, was, OK, so the protest started immediately. Uh, and at the top, they were already planning for it. But what also was important is that we like the way that people responded to Obama was immediately in racist manners. And like, it's, it's, it's so easy. <laughs> it's just, it's so easy to point out where the line of thinking of like, the liberals are just throwing a fit and we never did it is so wrong because A, like exhibit A, the tea party, that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you speak. But exhibit yes. A, the tea party, exhibit B, <laughs> the birther movement featuring Donald Trump. Oh like <laughs> he tried to deny that he started the fucking bur- I, well, I finished it. Get the fuck out. I'm sorry, I'm really angry. It's okay. facts, not feelings. Facts, not feelings. <laughs> breathe in, breathe out, let Liz speak, and away from the mic. So, th- I mean, those two very prominent things are just, like, that to me in and of itself is enough. Like, you don't even have to know that they were protests. You don't need to know about the secret meeting. Just the fact that the reaction was the start of the Tea Party and the birther movement is enough to show, like, no, people were not just complacent. People were not just like, oh, well, this is fine. Like, people reacted very strongly. And, you know, I also want to point out, just because I saved them, (laughs) um, because people were like, uh, another quick argument that people had made was, well, don't be mad about the Electoral College. And, you know, that's, it's, that's misplaced anger. And then remember in 2012 when Donald Trump, for some reason, thought that Obama lost the popular vote and only won the Electoral College vote? And he, and he let out a series of tweets about how there needed to be fighting in the streets. Like, he advocated for, let's go protest. And he advocated for the abolition of the Electoral College. So so clearly, all we're doing is taking our president-elect seriously. <laughs> taking his advice. Won't someone please listen to Donald Trump? Someone please. What I've been hearing more often is like, don't take him seriously. Why are you reading his tweets? It's like, are you fucking kidding me? He's our president-elect. Yeah. Well, he's in there now. I don't know why you're all up in arms about his tweets because President Obama's in there. Yeah. President, President Obama is in there. And if he tweeted something like this, it'd be a shit oh, yeah. show. There oh, is no God. goddamn way. Can you imagine if Obama was like my enemies? Fuck the haters. <laughs> 2016. <laughs> welcome 2017. Love! Exclamation point. Yeah. Dude. That was so, he is a messy bitch. Yeah. If, I am hoping that during his inauguration, Joanne the scammer yes. takes off her Trump suit and is like, it was me all along. I was about to say. I, Iconic. I was about to say, I truly believe that Trump has just been watching too many Joanne the scammer videos. I was <laughs> like, that's what I should do. <laughs> I'm a messy bitch who lives for drama. <laughs> that's what I believe. But he is. <laughs> yeah. He is like a real housewife. Yes. You know? Like all his, he is so messy. He's and it's like, if he wasn't president elect, 
I just follow him just to see how crazy he is. Right. But he's our president-elect, so I, I don't. As long as the First Amendment is still in play and we have the freedom of speech to not be prosecuted for the things that we say about our elected officials, let me just say for the world uh, that Donald Trump is a messy-ass bitch. The messiest of bitches. The you messiest. This is this is insulting the president light because <laughs> if you run through the insults that fucking shadowed Obama's presidency, yes. they are not just mildly racist, they are disgustingly racist. Outright racist. And, and even now, even and what I, I didn't want to talk about it on the podcast, but I have I have family members that are being outright racist about him, but they're like, oh, well, you know, we got somebody that's actually qualified to come in the oh, office. Fuck. That's right, because Obama did nothing in Chicago when he started there. Let's just, like, forget all that shit. And he did oh, nothing God. for us here. The fact that that if you break your foot and you were on Blue Shield and you go to Kaiser and they're not, not like, go fuck yourself, that whole Obamacare thing, yeah. Good luck with that, old people. <laughs> Jesus. What? You had lung cancer before you changed insurance? Whoops. See you on the other side. That's the future. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get rid of Obamacare? Good luck. I want to see all the old people. <laughs> oh, now I'm sick. <laughs> oh, can I? No, you can't. You're poor. Nope. Insurance companies are going to rack yeah. up those, hike up those prices, and you're going to be SOL, which, if you didn't know, is shit out of luck. <laughs> but, you know, Trump did solve one healthcare crisis, which is um, I don't have baby fever anymore. Oh, yeah. My, my yeah. ovaries shriveled up. Oh, yeah. They were like, well, <clears throat> fuck that whole idea about getting pregnant. I still, you know, I know I'm not going to lie. I still want a kid, but I'm more practical now. Yeah. Where it's like, you got to think about this. Like, how selfish would it be to bring a kid in? into this right now yeah. like let's even as if we're want if we even if we want to get into activism we have to think about okay i can't do a lot of things pregnant right i can't run and get tased pregnant right. you know you got to think about this stuff <laughs> and it's like it's the fucked up thing for me is that in my own you know white privilege bubble it it made it real to me oh i would be bringing another mexican baby into the world and right now that's a dangerous thing to be like, that's an at-risk child. And while that was always true, I didn't realize how true it was. Dude, my research, like, I, you know, I'd been hearing, uh, you know, because one of, one of the things that was really scary after the election was the increase in hate crimes. Yeah. And most of my data I got from the Southern Poverty Law Center because, A, they're always good at tracking this data, and B, because they kind of spearheaded, in particular, tracking it post-election. And it was like in the first 10 days, there were 867 cases reported to them. And that's the first 10 days. What? Yeah, bruh. And like, I think until now, like from them until now, over like a couple of months, it's over a thousand. So it's slowing down. And the other thing to remember is that, you know, things were already happening. Right. It's not like it yeah. went from zero to 167. But to, for that to happen in the first 10 days, like that's yeah. insane Yeah. And the other thing that blew my mind is that the state that had the, the most reported cases was California. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that blew my mind the most. I felt like we were, you know, yeah, somewhat you, safe. Yeah, you kind of, even I was reading some um, some opinion articles about like, yeah, well, this is all happening, but... As California, we're so big, we should be able to protect ourselves from the bigotry. And the problem is, no, 
<laughs> they're in the house. <laughs> I mean, California is actually very purple. You know, I mean. Yeah, very much so. We both lived in the Inland Empire, and that's a conservative area. Yeah. And you're in Orange County. That's a conservative area. It's scary conservative here because it's not just conservative because you go to church. It's conservative because you go to church and you're mostly white. Yeah. And you have lots of money and power. Yeah. That's some scary shit. Like I was yeah. trying to look into getting getting to more more activism in Orange County, and I just got really afraid. Right. I mean, I so what the Southern Poverty Law Center, the number of active hate groups in California, like was is fifty three, which is huge. You know, it's it, we have to stop thinking about it like this is a Southern problem. Like yeah. only Southern people are bigots. Like fuck that. People all throughout the United States are bigots, and there's a whole lot of them in California. And you know that fifty three number includes everything from KKK groups to anti-immigrant, to fucking Holocaust denial groups. That's right. I, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a fucking thing. Like, the, it's every, basically every group you can think of has been targeted since the election. That there's been an increase of people being attacked. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of anti-Mexican, anti-Muslim, uh, but there's also been, you know, more anti-black, more against uh like lgbt as well so it's it's been an increase everywhere in fucking california yeah and you think we're in a bubble here i thought we were in a bubble yeah. here but we're we're not yeah. and it, and to be fair i didn't think we there was like no racism in california right. That'd be irresponsible but i didn't think it was as bad as it is not to say that it, it's not worse somewhere else but the fact that we have so much i'm afraid that it's going to grow yeah I mean, so since then in California, it's been 125 uh, cases, like reported incidents of hate crimes. But that number does include, there's a couple things that like may or may not be verifiable. So it is true that some of these numbers may not, like those cases that were reported may not be accurate. So just keep in mind that, because that's the first thing people are saying is like, oh, you think any of that actually happening? It's like, yeah, some of it is actually happening. Like there's people going to court because they fucking assaulted somebody. <laughs> like there's real ass cases. Some people who are like bold enough to put, like to hang things from their own apartment that was saying like, N-word, go back to Africa, you know? And, uh, and then there are some that are like harder to verify. <laughs> but there are some from people that are like bold as fuck. <laughs> So. Why wouldn't you be bold? What consequences are you going to have? Yeah. And your president-elect does it. Trump won. Why yeah. not? Well, if we're running out of time, maybe we should do a... We're going to take a quick break. Yeah. We're going to take a <laughs> quick, a quick... We're going to take a quick break, open up a new file. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we, we don't want to... We know your time is precious, too. We don't want to keep you... You know, listening to us forever and ever. We can listen to ourselves right. all day. But we just want to make sure that we don't cut off again like last yes, time. Yes. So um, I still want to hear what you did research. I did not research. I want to hear what you think and believe. Oh, and what's right. in your heart. Let's, <laughs> it's going to be super short then because I don't have the research. And, I, and again, I, didn't, I don't want to spend a lot of time on something I don't have enough facts for. So that's fine. I still want to know. So my, my big thing right now is anytime there's an argument, because anytime we talk about the election now, race is going to come up. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that because it's a part of it. But I see people talking about, 
well, I don't understand why you guys are so anti-Trump and Trump and so anti-white people when you guys are anti yourselves, you're constantly killing each other. I mean, look at Chicago and that's supposed to be their Trump card, right? Look at all that violence in Chicago. You guys don't help yourselves. We need to stop the file. No, we don't need to stop it. It can, it can run. I just wanted to make sure we're on a good time limit and not into two hours worth of podcasting, but you know, you know, so no, 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 no. I, I, I mean, it's going to be like no time because I don't have any facts, just emotion. <laughs> so <laughs> Tell your truth. So I'm about to tell my truth. I'm about to live in my truth. And here we go. So, <laughs> so I, I've been seeing more often that people love to talk about, well, Chicago this, Chicago that. And it's like, you know what? I'm, I was from Chicago and I don't even talk about it. You want to know why? I haven't been there in fucking 10 years. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to live there. You don't know what the violence is like there. You're just talking about statistics that are half-baked. Oh, well, you know, black people kill themselves more often. You just, like, fucking cut a statistic in half and took the side that you wanted and that you wanted to accept. And I I also bring that up, too, where it's like, I understand if you're going to talk about black on black violence, you have to have a full spectrum, too. And you can't just take one percentage out and not have it it part of the full full, uh, um, percentage or the full... Uh, statistic yeah but that aside that's another argument but the chicago thing it's like i I get really upset when people talk about shit they don't understand just like when people decide that they want to talk about san bernardino after the shooting like they fucking knew what was going oh san bernardino let's pray for san bernardino where the fuck were your prayers when people and it's still happening i have people i grew up with in in elementary school are dying they're dying yeah they're getting shot for like no fucking reason they're at a liquor store or they're they're with their family at their apartment building like this isn't a goddamn game this isn't some oh let's do some kind of token prayer for san bernardino oh let's do some kind of token prayer for chicago like i have family out there too it's not a fucking game this is life or death you know and I, i feel like people take it lightly they use they use a place where real people are they use them as a pawn for an argument say oh well chicago and then wash their hands of it completely ignoring that people within those communities are trying to prevent it yeah even let's talk about san bernardino we have friends that are actually involved in trying to to revamp san bernardino right and and get their community back it'd be it's irresponsible and it's ignorant to say oh well black people don't give a fuck about black people no man you don't give a fuck about black people yeah if anybody gives a fuck about us it has to be us and we understand that more than anybody so the next time just a psa the next time you want to talk about chicago on my facebook somebody else's facebook that i might see i'm gonna put a link to somebody that's actually making a difference where you can donate your monies and and you don't have to get your hands dirty you can just give them money so they can help their own goddamn communities instead of just saying oh well chicago's bad looks like black people suck good luck guys yes thank you so that's rant over. That's those are all Fuck. my feelings. <laughs> I will come back with facts <laughs> later next time. I promise. I think it's an important point to make, though. I think everything you just said is absolutely true. And, you know, we can talk about it another time when we haven't been talking for forever. Yeah. And I was, I was like breathing really hard to get all up in the mic like Kanye to hear my breath. You know, like I, when I get angry, I start I lose my breath. I forget to breathe. Much. <laughs> Everything you said was so 
fucking true. I was so annoyed with the pray for San Bernardino thing because I think anybody who's ever lived there had the same reaction of like, where the fuck were you last week? Right. Like, where the fuck were you two weeks ago? Where were you two days ago? Like, if you didn't give it, like, pe- the same people will be like, huh, huh, San Bernardino. Yep. Or like, or oh. all of a sudden, like, oh my God, pray for San Bernardino. Or like, even if it's not pray for San Bernardino, it's like, let's talk about the shooting that happened in San Bernardino. It's like, bitch, which one? Yeah. You're talking about one right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking I mean, about the one was, yeah. that, can, that can support your argument. Exactly. You're not talking about the one that actually matters to someone that lost their son or someone that yeah. lost their cousin or someone who lost their mom. You know, just. Yeah, just right, another person lost to gang violence. Yeah. Because apparently that doesn't matter. Not as much. No. But Not if you much. can use it for your own political platform, then all of a sudden we give a shit. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem. And I'm not saying that's everybody. I think that's irresponsible to say also. But I'm not going to pretend like I hear people giving a shit about San Bernardino outside of the shooting that happened. Exactly. So, so yeah. <laughs> okay, we have to go for real. We gotta, well, no, you wanted to bring up, like, what are the things that we're going to do from here on out? Right. How are we going to be more active in yeah. our lives? not being physically active i just want to be clear because that's <laughs> gonna fucking happen i'm trying that but that's for another yeah that's, a whole yeah, that's another podcast of i'm kind of i'll dabble in it dabble. i'll get in now get out <laughs> my list of things um so i immediately started compiling a lot of reading lists so i'm doing a whole lot of reading right now uh trying to get my education on because I feel like that's really important. I signed up for SURG, or the Standing Up for Racial Justice, which was started by white people to get other, pe- to get other white people involved in social justice, um, particularly to help people of color. And there's an anti-Trump protest that I'm going to be attending the day after the inauguration. <laughs> Me too. Where's yeah. yours? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> No, I was just invited, but I'd, I haven't, like, gotten details yet. Oh, okay, yeah. Mine is, like, they, they're, like, this is where we're going to meet. We're going to be in L.A. We're going to go nuts. We're going to march. I'm, like, yes. Yes, I'm so ready. Sorry. So this, ready. this is not my turn. Okay, I have a bad habit of doing this. I'll let you talk. And then, of course, doing this podcast. <laughs> and I have a feeling that there was another thing that I was thinking of, and then something I forgot to write down. But anyway, that's, I mean, the oh, and just uh, not, not being afraid to get into more discussions. I feel like the the thing is that I need to use my position as a white person to have more discussions with people that are also white. And I know that they're more likely to listen to me when I start, you know, talking. So it just a lot of it is very much about like using my position um, towards progressivism, towards good, towards more education, um, and just not shutting up. Awesome. Well, a lot of mine is identical to yours. I I signed up for Stand Up for Racial Justice. I did one of their phone bankings, which was, it wasn't, I'm not going to say it was cool. It was kind of scary because I, it's like telemarketing almost, you know, but I'm trying to get slowly get more involved in that. Aside from that, I'm looking for ways to protest and kind of ease my way into it. I am working out because I want to be, I need to be able to run. Like right. if we're going to be doing protests, you got to, you have to be able to protect yourself and yeah. protect someone else. So, yeah. and not be a burden to someone else. So I want to make sure that I'm physically fit and not an idiot when I'm doing these protests, you know? So I'm doing that. I'm also trying to be more active in my ev- everyday life. Like, like you're doing, engaging in more discussions. And I'm trying to be, 
I'm trying to listen more and not be as quick to react yeah. because there's still a lot of anger there, not just from this, but just from like life. Yeah. And I, I sometimes I unload on people and it's completely unfair. Uh, I'm not going to say completely because sometimes they're motherfucking <laughs> asking for it. But uh, there there are times where I need to just sit back and listen and say, OK, that's their perspective. But don't get it fucking twisted. I'm not going to sit and have you make an excuse to me about why you're racist like I'm I voted for Trump yeah it's okay that that he might not like black people that much as much because you know he's really supporting us financially like he really understands where we are and I'm just really destitute get the fuck out of here yeah we're destitute and we can't be anti-white I still got to talk to your ass so right Right. there that is one thing I will not excuse if you want to talk to me about why you have your political views, what the, where they came from, and why you voted from him, aside from just being a bigot, I'm cool with that. But don't make excuses for deplorable behavior, because I ain't got time for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that could be a mic drop moment. <laughs> yeah, I probably we probably shouldn't drop these mics. We got to use them next time. So we should be like really bad shock DJs. And have like a oh my she god! Just dropped the mic. There's so much stuff in GarageBand. I was like, <laughs> we're gonna have. I have to test this stuff out. Like, we just need to record 30 minutes of bullshit so I can just test it out. Yeah, just have like a joke episode. No one's gonna like that, but I will. <laughs> I will. Nobody listens to us anyway. We're fine. That's so true. But to the one person that does, hey girl, thank you. boy. You whatever. What, whoever you whoever are. Whoever you are. Whatever your you. gender identity. You're my favorite. Mm-hmm. You're our only. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <it>. Well, we <laughs> are going to close out this podcast for tonight or today. Whenever you listen to it. Yeah. I don't know who you are. I don't know your life. <laughs> Unless you're me, then I am intimately <laughs> close I know to it. your life. All too well. <laughs> I'm very excited to listen to myself talk at work on Wednesday morning. It's going to be great. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in. I hope this helped. Um, We still have a website. So if you want to send us emails or or, I I feel so stupid because I haven't been on a website in like six months or longer than that. I'm going to set up a Twitter. Get us, you know, nice and legit set up, you know, and, uh, going to talk about you know some of the episodes that are be going to be coming up uh we can so you know it'll be fine it'll be fine it's the point <laughs> if anything you can we we're well, what's our website facts on facts on facts.net dot net yeah facts on facts on facts.net you can reach us there or i'm the so so saint on twitter the tweeter and i just changed my twitter username so that it wouldn't be as connected to my work <laughs> I believe it is now L is tired. (laughs) (laughs) You guys don't know how (laughs) fucking accurate. Okay, well, L is tired. L is tired. That's how you can. Thetweets.com. That's how you can get in touch with Liz on Twitter. And again, I'm the So So Saint. So if you guys want to reach out for any reason, you have any questions, concerns, you want to tell us if this helped you at all, that would be great. Just encourage us to keep doing it. We'll probably keep doing it because we love hearing ourselves talk. But we right. also want to make sure that someone else like listen likes listening to us talk. So, yeah, tell us about things you want us to talk about in the yeah. future. Just you know, we basically our our whole idea is we're gonna keep uh, calling Donald Trump a bitch. Uh, mm-hmm. We're gonna keep talking about real facts, standing up for them, talk about social justice shit, 
telling funny stories and uh, hopefully bringing some friends in every once in a while yeah. to talk about their real life experiences. Cool. All right. Well, again, thanks for listening. Thank you. Love you. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. 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 Hey there, listeners. You know, has anyone told you to go fuck yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone said Donald Trump is president? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Well, now you can with my discount code for Adam and Eve. Oh, my God. Tons of masturbation toys so you can fuck yourself with pleasure. I'm going to fuck myself until I forget Donald Trump's president. (laughs) And also Casper Mattresses does.